President Trump's performance at the CNN Town Hall, every bit as epic as we expected. We've got lots of great clips to play you. And one thing is clear. Trump has not missed a beat since 2020. He is as sharp as ever. He is fearless. I cannot imagine any candidate holding a candle to Trump in the debate. I mean, he is as strong as we've ever seen him. I may be proven wrong. Time will tell. And by the way, the audience, which presumably was chosen by CNN at this town hall, the audience, they were cheering on Trump left and right. They were not a big fan of Caitlin Collins, the moderator. And Trump's points were spot on. He was clear. He was succinct. He was entertaining. He was, you know, just just classic vintage Trump. Caitlin Collins, the moderator. Trump at one point called her a nasty person, and it was well-deserved. We're going to play you that clip. She had one agenda. Caitlin Collins' agenda was making Trump look silly, make Trump look like a liar, make him look, you know, she kept grilling him on January 6th. She grilled him on a bunch of issues where she was trying to trap him. He never took the bait, not once. She kept correcting him with false information, with bogus information. She was condescending. She was arrogant. She talked down. This is what these 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 media people do on both sides, left and right. They are they 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 talk down to Trump as though he's a child. And, you know, because he says everything in a very clear way, a very simple way, he sa he says things on a level that basically anyone could understand and to his credit, because from a marketing standpoint, from a branding standpoint, that's actually the way to persuade people is to keep things very clear, to not get caught up in the weeds. And they don't look at him. They, they, they you know, he doesn't use like these five syllable words, these heavy, heavily academic words. Again, he knows the words. He could use them, but he chooses not to. And they talk down to him. They treat him like he's a child. She kept twisting his words around, as I'm going to get to. And Trump just kept his cool, stayed on message, refused to take the bait. Welcome to the Yaakov M. Show on the Vin News podcast on Nucky Radio, Spotify, many other platforms. Send me an email, josh at vinnews.com, josh at vinnews.com. We do try to read every email, try to respond as much as possible. And for this episode, we're going to do a full recap and analysis of the epic Trump town hall on CNN on Wednesday, and we will play you a bunch of clips, so I'm very excited about that. The beauty of Trump, as opposed to any other politician, he keeps the message simple. As I said earlier, you know, the media thinks Trump is clueless, and they treat him that way, and here's what it is. The reality is Trump actually runs rings around them. He's much smarter than so many of these people asking him these questions. He outsmarts them, but they bring in these irrelevant details. They try to distract they, these like details that sound all scintillating and scandalous, and it's really just a distraction. And Trump does not fall for it. Other politicians, they start refuting every little point. They're so worried about the soundbite. Trump's soundbites are phenomenal. They're the best, but he doesn't get into the weeds. And uh, the the most important – so we're going to get to a bunch of clips here. For arguably some of the most important uh, clips of the night, drill, baby, drill. We're going to get to that because when asked about the economy, when asked about inflation, Trump made it very simple. Drill, baby, drill. The, as the price of oil goes, the price of gas, so goes the economy and for a very simple reason because everything, everything is reliant on gas, oil, and fuel. And – Trump basically made it very clear that Biden reversed all of his policies. Biden made it extremely difficult to drill. He took he took the United States from being the number one exporter of oil to an importer of oil. He he destroyed he destroyed our energy and especially our oil because of his climate nonsense. So that was one big deal. Trump also, as I said, called Caitlin Collins a nasty person. Obviously, that's not an issue of substance, but you do like to see that Trump still has that spark. 
And they, of course, they talked about January 6th. They talk, and, and, and Trump stood his ground. They talked about the border. They talked about classified documents, and, and she was trying to twist him around, grill him on classified documents, make it as though Trump did something illegal, which he did not, and make it as though Biden did nothing wrong because Biden was so transparent, which is a total lie. She told so many lies. Caitlin Collins told so many lies. We're going to hopefully get to a bunch of them in the clips, but let me just mention a couple of them. Number one, she went with the bogus media narrative about the timeline of January 6th as though Trump did not encourage his protesters, his supporters, to only peacefully protest. Trump went down the timeline. He had a list that he pulled out of all the times before and after when he tweeted, when he got on video, telling the protesters on January 6th, please be peaceful, please be peaceful, before and after. And she said he didn't do enough of it. He kept saying, well, like, what more do you want me to do? We offered to send the National Guard. She refuted that and said, you never offered to send the National Guard. That's a lie. I and mean, she told so many lies, and he kept calling her out on it. But, you know, he actually said that there were tweet tweets that were deleted that she didn't even know about, tweets of Trump on a video telling the protesters, stay peaceful, t- stay peaceful, while the January 6th Capitol breach was going on. The declassifying documents, I mean, just so many things. And literally every time he like called her out on certain facts that she was unaware of, she was totally stumped. She was like a deer in the headlights because she went with the bogus media narrative. So we'll get to some of those details in a minute. But, you know, she claimed that falsely claimed that Mike Pence as vice president did not have the power to overturn the election results, send it back to the state, send it back to the electors. And that's a lie. Legally, constitutionally speaking, that is not true. Pence did have he Pence tried to find lawyers to give him an out to say, listen, guys, there's nothing I can do. I don't have the right to send this back to the electors of the states. But legally speaking, Trump is right. Pence does have that right, or at least there's a very strong legal case to be made. She refuted. She lied about the National Guard. She said, no, you never sent in the National Guard. Trump said, listen, I begged. I asked Pelosi. I asked the mayor of Washington, D.C. He called her Crazy Nancy. He said, as I affectionately call her Crazy Nancy. And, uh, that, you know, and, uh, and, and I, they, they said no. They declined the National Guard. Why would they do that? Why would you not protect the Capitol? Um, on abortion, she tried to trap him on abortion. He did not take the bait. And so many other issues. So here, I guess let's start to get to the clips here, and then I will give you my analysis clip by clip. The first one, this is where Trump called Caitlin Collins a nasty person. Listen to this clip. Obama. Joe Biden did ignore a subpoena to get those documents back like Joe you Biden did. And took so that's 1850 the question. But that's the question that investigators have, I think, is why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to you're a nasty person, I'll tell you. You see, after now, Trump is getting cheered by that crowd. They adored him. But you see how he how right he was, how condescending she was. Do you want me to answer the question? Yeah, that's why I asked the question. And she says it in this tone, talking down to him, literally as though he's a child. You can hear it in her voice. And he just had it. That was the only time of the night where, he, where I don't even want to say he lost it because he didn't lose it, but where he actually got personal. She deserved it. She absolutely deserved it. Every other politician would have, of course, kept their cool and, you know, kept it buried inside. And Trump doesn't do that. That's not how Trump rolls. And I personally respect that a lot. And she's grilling him. She's saying, well, you refused to give up the documents, the classified documents. Biden gave over the documents right away. He was transparent about it. But you, Mr. President, you held the documents for months and you refused to comply with the subpoena. It's a total lie. He pointed out, and maybe we have it in one of these clips, he said, my lawyers were negotiating with the National Archives. We, we weren't hiding anything. It was being kept under lock and key by the secret, protected by the Secret Service, and they knew we had it, and it was a negotiation. Do you think Al Capone negotiates with the, the, the feds before he gives up 
gives himself you, you think these people get to like have months of lawyers back and forth negotiating no when there's a real criminal trump pointed out he said it's not even a crime okay whatever the national archives whatever the rule is it's not even technically like a crime even if he in which he didn't committed anyway because as we said he had every right to declassify that's in a different clip we were coming to play as opposed to biden they make it out like biden did nothing wrong biden had these things all over the place he had these documents like at every single uh place that he's ever visited for a week and and biden refused number one to give it over they kept having to like find it and like do more searches and find it months later months later they're still finding uh classified documents and Biden lied about it. His, you know, the White House covered it up for months before they had no choice because it was leaked to the media and they finally had to admit it. All right. Here's another clip discussing the classified documents. Listen to this. And they, put, and they put a rough guy on us. And they, in I the meantime, it's they have Mr. nobody. President, to actually set the record straight here. They took documents, including President or Vice President Pence. When they realized they had documents, they turned them back over. The difference is that oh. you waited to turn yours over, and it was Excuse a year me. and a half effort that included a subpoena with those documents. It, One question: It what included a raid on documents. my house. That's what it included. But they you didn't raid. A, you'd gotten a they subpoena, didn't raid and they had not house. been turned over yet. They didn't raid Biden's house. You know what happened? They put him in the house. That's the one with the Corvette, where the documents were laying all over the floor. That was fine. <laughs> and you know who happens to be at Mar-a-Lago? Secret Service, and they're phenomenal. I have Secret Service. He didn't have Secret Service. The other thing, the vice president cannot declassify. He didn't have the right to declassify. He has documents from when he was a senator. And even Democrat senators say, I can't believe it. No, I went by the Presidential Records Act, That's and we were negotiating with NARA. Says. That's not what it says, And NARA Mr. President. has red-flagged a thing called the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights because they consider them Mr. dangerous President, documents. Mr. President, that's not what it Those says, and I should know. And he's absolutely spot on on every point. Number one, his doc, he was the president as the president. And some lawyers try to pick it apart and say there's some sort of process in order to declassify a document. It's not enough for the president to just say it's declassified. Remember Trump said at one point, I think on Hannity, he said, I can just think it that it's declassified and it's declassified. That is accurate. That is accurate. There is no constitutional lawyer who I've ever seen, and I've read up on this, discuss what it takes to declassify. The president has the right to declassify. And clearly, if he's removing it from the White House, bringing it to his private residence, clearly that's the ultimate act of declassification. Number one. Number two, Biden had it sitting around. He didn't have it Secret Service protected. And Biden got it as a senator. Biden got it as a VP. Zero uh, power to declassify. So right there, Trump is right. And and again, she's correcting him. She's interrupting him. She's talking down to him and, 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 and telling lies. She's literally telling lies. All right. There's one more on the classified documents. Then we'll get to the economy, Ukraine, other stuff. Listen to this. About him. They talk about us. Uh, just so you understand, I had every right to do it. I didn't make a secret of it. You know, the boxes were stationed outside of the White House. People were taking pictures of the GSA of the various I people. I got to stop you right there, though, because moving. the Presidential Records Act, which is not well known to a lot of people, I read it. It, it does not say that you can take I documents with I you. It says it. actually that they it are the property you, of the federal government. It says you talk, you negotiate, you, you make a deal. It's not criminal, by the it way. Does not, not, it's it does the not Presidential Records negotiate. Act is not criminal. And uh, just it so does you not know, say you can negotiate to just take so you, the documents with you. Can I tell you? Just so you understand, the Presidential Records Act is not criminal. I took the documents I'm allowed to. You know who else took them? Obama took them. Nixon took them. Obama Reagan did not took take them. documents. Oh, he didn't? He, the difference, he didn't. The difference here he didn't. Is that Obama like to took know. documents. 
Reagan the National took Archives them. says that President Obama even Jimmy did not Carter, take even documents. Mike Pence had some documents, and he's you a very honorable Pence, guy. You referenced But you Biden. know who took them more than anybody is Joe Biden. He has 1,800 boxes, <laughs> and nobody even knows where they are. You know 1,800, and nobody talks about him. Mr. President. 1800. Nobody talks about him. She kept trying to deny it. And Hem and Hall, and very important, I don't have this clip, but this is so important. One of the biggest lies of the night that she told is Trump said, you know where Biden kept his documents in Chinatown, Chinatown. Why did Biden have documents in Chinatown? And Caitlin Collins responded back. She says he didn't have documents in China. You're talking about the, you know, his pen, the pen Biden Center. You're talking about the University of Pennsylvania Biden Center, the office in Washington, where Chinese people had access to it. Trump said, no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a different, there were a bunch of locations, and one of them was Chinatown. Well, Trump is, and she said, no, never happened. He's talking about Chinatown in Washington, D.C. The university, the Penn Biden Center in Washington is not in Chinatown. But yes, Trump had an office in Chinatown. This is a fact. This was James Comer uh, a few weeks ago. Jim Comer, who heads what, the House Oversight Committee, Republican congressman. He actually quoted a top Biden, a senior Biden advisor testified several weeks ago in the House, in a House committee hearing, saying that Biden actually had one of the places where they found classified documents being stored by Biden was in Chinatown. Literally, you talk about being exposed to potential Chinese operatives. Biden is hiding classified documents. Who knows hiding? I don't even know if he was hiding them, but but storing them in Chinatown itself. And she's telling him, no, that's not true. Trump, of course, much more well-informed than this person. And, and, and like the media, so again, she kept like getting just stumped by him because she didn't even know what he was referring to. And this is news that broke literally several weeks ago. And yet the media completely buries the story. All right. He was Trump was asked if he wants Ukraine to win the war, gave the exact right answer. Listen to this. It'll be absolutely Do you over. want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this, this country. Now, what do you... Can I just follow up on that? You said you don't think you in have terms to do of winning is you and have losing. To get the, you have Mr. To President, get can Europe. I just follow up on that? Because that's a really important no, excuse statement me, let me that just you just made up. there. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. Listen to the condescension in her voice. Listen to the disdain. She asked the question. He gives an answer. And then she repeats the question, talking down like he's a child, as though he didn't even hear it. I'm going to ask you very clearly, do you want Russia or Ukraine? She says it slowly, okay, trying to insult him and talk down to him. I mean, the arrogance is just, it, 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 it's egregious. And he gave the perfect answer. What's he going to say? I want Ukraine. Number one, why would you choose sides? You choose sides, you automatically antagonize the other side. Number two, of course, we would love Ukraine to win in theory if that were the easiest route. Not if it's going to take me five years. Not if it's going to cost me another $100 billion that are going to end up lining Zelensky's pockets and the pockets of all these Ukrainian officials who are literally partying with all of our hard-earned tax dollars. But that's not even the issue. You're going to get yourself and choose sides. You're going to get Putin to hate you. It makes absolutely no sense. So Trump, the way he reframes it is absolutely brilliant. He says, I'm not thinking about winning or losing. I'm thinking about there are lives being lost. There are people dying. And she like... That just completely, she's oblivious. It completely goes overhead, so she asked it again. He's like, I said I'm worried about people dying. He nailed it. He nailed it. That is the exact concern. The the war should end tomorrow. We should snap our fingers. It should be over. It's absurd. It's not a war that concerns any of us. We should not be involved. We certainly shouldn't be spending billions. Literally, the country's about to default. We're $31 trillion in debt, $33 trillion, and we're sending 
billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. It's it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. Everybody on the in, in the country should be outraged by this. And Trump said numerous times, he said, if I were president, Putin never would have invaded. She said, well, how do you know that? I mean, hello. He did. I always say this. He didn't invade. <laughs> Trump was president. Putin didn't invade. You could say it's coincidence. You could not say it's coincidence. But, the, 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 you know, he, he didn't. He didn't invade. Clearly, it was because he was afraid of Trump. He knew exactly what Trump would do. He knew that. And Trump and Trump stockpiled weapons in Ukraine specifically to deter Putin from invading. And it worked like that. You don't need any more proof. It's not like Trump is saying something theoretical when he was president. It didn't happen. And Trump said, I would end it in 24 hours. I would negotiate. I would make it. I would make it. I would make this whole thing be over. I 100 percent believe that that would be true. Kind of like Reagan and the uh, Iranian hostages back in 1980. The day that Reagan won the election, the Iranian ho- the hostages in Iran were released. All right. Trump was asked about the border. He said Title 42 is expiring and this is going to be a day of infamy. Listen to this clip. Jennifer, what's your question tonight? Good evening, Mr. President. Title 42 is expected to expire tomorrow. Our southern border and now our northern border are experiencing record migration. We learned on May 2nd that the Biden administration plans on deploying 1,500 troops to the southern border. Do you agree with deploying troops to the border, and how will a Trump administration slow down the rate of migrants coming across all our borders? Sure. A very fair question, especially since tomorrow is going to be a day of infamy. You're going to have tens of thousands of people pouring into our country. Even the judge, you know, the judge overruled them when they wanted to terminate it early. And he said, you know that you better extend this thing. The judge in Texas said, I hope you're going to extend this. But this is my policy that they're letting terminate because they lost in court. They wanted to go earlier. You're going to have millions of people pouring into our country right now at a level that nobody's ever seen before. These people are sick. Anybody that wants this to happen to our country, they're destroying our country, and this should not be allowed to happen. How they're not going to do a version of Title 42 or my Title 42, which was tough, if people are sick and have infectious diseases and lots of other problems, we don't want them being into our country. We have enough problems right now. We have problems like we've never had in the history of our country. Our country country is being destroyed. And she goes on to say the reason it's ending is because of COVID. COVID is now not an issue, even though, of course, Democrats keep telling us to get vaccinated and COVID is an issue. But when it comes to Title 42, somehow COVID's not an issue. But that's not the that's not the point. The border is a total disaster. First, you got to secure the border. Then you can end Title 42. Now I saw that Biden is reinstating Trump's remain in Mexico policy. What a shock. But I, I want to mention a couple of points here that were not part of these clips, but they're very important. Number one, at one point with the whole Ukraine discussion, you know, she tried to trap him. She kept trying to trap him, Caitlin Collins. And she says, well, but you support Putin. Didn't you support Putin? Didn't you praise Putin? And he's like, oh, you know what? I can't praise Putin. Right. He's like he's like he made fun. He said, if I'm if I say that Putin, somebody who's sharp and smart, then suddenly the media has a meltdown. Oh, he said that Putin was smart. I said President G was smart. Oh, he supports President G. He supports the communists because he thinks these people are smart. He's like, I can't, well, I can't praise these people. He's like President G. He, he, he's the president of a country with 1.5 billion citizens. You think he's a fool? You think he's an idiot? And, and, and you think Putin's not smart? Look at Putin. The man's been in power in Russia forever. He's on he's on like the 15th year of like a four-year term, you know, and, uh, and, and figured out a way to become dictator for life over there. Like Putin is not a dumb guy. So she tried to, to trap him on that. I also want to mention as far as the border goes, you know, she actually another lie that Caitlin Collins told. She said, you only built 52 miles of border wall. You keep taking credit for hundreds of miles of border wall. You built 52 miles of border war, wall. Another lie. And Trump called her out on it. And of course, you know, she was just stumped and again, a deer in the headlights, you know, just confused and stammering, didn't know what to say. Trump said, we built hundreds of miles of wall. She said, no, there were only 52. She said, you repaired a lot of wall, only 52. Trump's like, I repaired wall. He's like, listen to me. 
He says there were hundreds and hundreds of, of, of miles of places where there used to be a wall. Years ago, there was a wall. Decades ago, there was like this like 10-foot piece of steel, trunk of steel. Okay, it was covered. It was either broken or you could just walk right over it. It was, you know, it, it was either short and easy to get past or not even visible or the ground covered it. Whatever happened, but he's like, this wasn't a repair. The wall was gone. The wall was a joke. In hundreds and hundreds of different miles of spots, you could literally just just stroll right over the wall, just step right over and a little jump and you're over the wall. The wall was doing nothing. So that's not called repairing wall. He says Pelosi and the Democrats, they tried to spin it and say, oh, well, you know, he's just repairing the wall. He's not actually building new wall. And it's not true because if the wall hasn't been used in, in, in 10, in 20, 30 years, in three decades, if nobody's even noticed the wall because just this tiny little bump sticking out of the ground, that doesn't count. But again, she tried and she kept saying, whoa, only 52 miles, only 52 miles. And again, that's how they twist the facts around, you know, to try to make him look like a liar and try to make him look silly. All right, perhaps the most important clip. Well, uh, well, all right, let's do this the, on the economy. Perhaps the most important uh, clip of the night. Listen to this. Hi, thank you so much for coming to New Hampshire thank to you. answer our questions. My question is regarding the economy. Over the past two years, we have seen the prices for everything skyrocket. From food to gas to utilities and insurance costs, many people's bills are up several hundred dollars a month, including mine. If elected president again, what is the first thing you would do to help bring down the cost to make things more affordable? Drill, baby, drill. And let me stop right there. The whole crowd cheering, the whole room. Round of applause for Trump, and he just, he nailed it. He didn't get into details. He didn't start talking about economic theory and about inflation and, you know, all, all sorts of things. And not, didn't blame it on Ukraine and on Putin. Drill, baby, drill. And that is classic Trump. Build the wall, make America made again. Again, everything is a simple, elegant soundbite, something that any 10-year-old can appreciate and understand and how You can't argue with it. How can you argue? Biden's policies have been a disaster. It started with his refusal to allow drilling, and his, he basically banned drilling in so many places. I know you'll tell me, well, he didn't technically ban it, he just didn't allow leases. Biden said he pledged to stop drilling for oil in the United States, and he did it. He fulfilled, unfortunately, tragically, he fulfilled that campaign promise. Let's keep going here with this clip. We were energy independent. We were soon going to be energy dominant. And nobody had ever done what I did. We got oil down to $1.87. Actually, it fell lower than that in some cases. We had to save the oil companies that the price was getting. So we were doing incredibly. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country, probably the greatest economy in the history of the world. Pause. You know what's going to happen. The fact checkers, right? Trump just said he said we had the greatest economy in history, history of America, probably history of the world. And... I could see the fact checkers, the Washington Post, three Pinocchios, four Pinocchios. Trump, Trump said we had the greatest economy ever. It's not true. We, we did analysis. It was only the second greatest economy in U.S. history. It was only the fifth greatest economy ever on the planet. So Trump lied. Trump's a liar. Trump gets Pinocchios. We fact check Trump. I mean, he uses the hyperbole. But the, the amazing thing is, if you look at the numbers, the economic numbers, you look at the S&P, you know, the five, S&P 500, you look at Wall Street, you look at the unemployment numbers, which are a record low, black unemployment, Hispanic unemployment, female, women unemployment. And you look at the way the economy was booming. Literally, nobody ever saw any kind of prosperity like they saw under Trump pre-COVID. Back to the clip. We're energy independent, soon to be energy dominant. We were going to be bigger than Russia and Saudi Arabia put together 
times two. Amazing. We have more liquid gold under our feet than any other nation, any other nation. And these stupid fools ended it. <laughs> and energy went from a dollar eighty-seven and even lower for gasoline for a car. They went from a dollar eighty-seven to five, six, seven, eight, and even nine dollars. And your electricity bills went through the roof. Your heating bills went through the roof. And that's what started inflation. And it hasn't stopped. He's because right. Because people are paying now for bacon and for eggs and for the two and three times what it was just a little while ago. We created the greatest economy in history. A big part fact of that check, economy was I get, got you the Third biggest greatest. tax cuts in the history of our country. Bigger than the Reagan cuts. Bigger than any. And, and also... Caitlin, also, as you know, we got the biggest regulation and regulatory cuts. We, this place was rocking, and then we were given a gift from China, and China paid a big price. And let me tell you something. <laughs> I took in hundreds of billions of dollars in taxes from China. But prior to COVID coming in, and then I rebuilt the economy again a second time. But we had, prior to COVID coming in as, as from China, from Wuhan, which I said it came from Wuhan. Everybody said, oh, you're wrong about that. You're wrong. It came from Wuhan. I said it right from day one. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Again, telling the truth on Wuhan. Everybody's afraid to say it. It's the China virus. It's the Wuhan virus. And he's the only one, still the only one, who's with the courage to say it. All right, let's listen to this next clip, which is about the debt ceiling debate. But it's better than what we're doing right now. Because we're spending money like drunken sailors. So you know just to be clear, Mr. President, you think the U.S. should default if the White House does not agree to the spending cuts, Republicans well, are demanding? You might as well do it now because you'll do it later. Because we have to save this country. Our country is dying. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. You and look, Trump literally said it right before that clip. He said that she, she asked him or somebody asked him, should the, the, the country default? And he said... Country might as well default. He said it again there in that clip because sooner rather than later, it's going to happen eventually. Let's just get it done with. Now, he doesn't mean it. He was very clear in his context. He said it's not going to happen because Democrats are going to cave. Biden's going to cave. They're going to give in. They're going to make concessions to the Republicans. They're going to cut spending. So we're not actually going to default. But his point was you've got to default because it's better than the alternative. The alternative is out of control spending. The country's on the verge of bankruptcy. And she, of course, she had a meltdown, Caitlin. Oh, you're saying that we actually should default. How can you say that? And then she asked him a gotcha question. And I'll tell you exactly. This was beautiful. This was perfect the way he handled it. Because as I said about Trump, he's not afraid to go on CNN because he literally tells the truth. He tells it like it is. And even when he's inconsistent, He's 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 honest about it, which I which I admire. So she says to him, when you were president, you said that the debt ceiling should not be used as a negotiating chip, as a negotiating wedge. And now you're saying that they should threaten to to, to, to default. So Trump said, well, yeah, I said it then because I was president. So I said it shouldn't be used as a negotiating wedge because I was actually president. And she says to him, but now you're saying that they should use it as a negotiating wedge. She's like, yeah, because now I'm not president anymore. And even that to me. It's beautiful. What he's saying is that, and you could disagree with this, but he's being totally honest. He's, any other politician would, well, that's not exactly what I said. You take it out of context and they would change the subject and dodge the question. And Trump's like, head on, head on. He says, yeah, when I was president, that was my approach. And now I have a different approach. I'm not president. Meaning what he means is 
Nobody wants to default. And when you're the president, you've got to be the one to make that decision whether to default or not. It's a, it's a, when you're the president, you default. That could be disastrous because it kills any, it didn't make the point. It's more psychological than anything else, but it kills the perception of the country. It would, it would tank the country's credit rating. That's not a good thing. Nobody wants to default. I mean, would I be willing to default if need be? I, I would be. I absolutely would be. But I understand his point when as president, that's a difficult decision. But now that he's sitting here and analyzing it as an outsider and he's saying, listen, we have a great negotiating bargaining chip here because we can force Biden to cut trillions in spending. We This is our chance. So, of course, you need to use it as a bargaining chip. So I totally get that. I'm not saying I totally agree. If I was president, I probably you know would, would be willing to default more easily. But uh, I thought that was a great answer. All right, let's get to January 6th. Listen to this clip. In that three hours, over Excuse 140 officers Excuse me, it was posted after the first one I just read, though, and that was at 2 o'clock. But I think the reason the timeline is so critical here, because going back to your influence, in that another three hours, over 140 officers were injured that day. And a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed. Yes. You know what? She was killed, and she shouldn't yes, have she been killed. she has nothing to say. And that thug that killed her, there was no reason to shoot her. At blank range, cold blank range, they shot her. And she was a good person. She was a patriot. One there was no was reason. There. To, there was no reason. And She's he went on television to brag about the fact that he killed her. That the officer was not bragging about the fact that he oh, killed her. Now, a, a couple more on January 6th. And essentially, she kept trying to grill him. How can you keep talking about election? For she said numerous times the election was not rigged. The election was not rigged. Trump kept saying the election was rigged in 2020. Trump is right. We can debate whether the fraud would have been would have overturned the election. We can debate whether Trump had the votes, didn't have the votes. It was rigged. It was rigged because the Hunter Biden scandal was buried. Twitter buried it. Facebook buried it. We now know the Twitter files. There was this coordinated effort. The, the FBI silenced any scandal about Hunter Biden, any story, any news story, any social media post that hurt Biden, helped Trump was totally silenced. So January, the, 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 the election, the 2020 election was rigged. It was 100% rigged in so many ways. The mail-in ballots, which was absurd, the mail-in ballots, it was so ripe for fraud. We know about 2,000 mules and, and, and that documentary, which exposes how they, 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 there were so many ballots that were illegally um, submitted you know, by people who were deceased or, or, or illegals or who knows what, people underage. I, I mean, there, there was so much incredible election fraud and the whole mail-in ballot. The universal mail-in ballot was nuts. It was done because of COVID, and, and they, they used it as a strategy. They knew that it would hurt Trump, but that crushed Trump. That was rigging, okay? We can debate what the results would have been if the election were accurate. I know I have my strong suspicions, but no question that it was rigged. She kept lying and saying it wasn't rigged, but he kept debunking her. He said, I asked for National Guard troops on January 6th. I kept asking for peaceful protests, and the, the Twitter deleted my tweet. So we got two more clips. Listen to this. Hi, uh, President Hi, Trump. Welcome back to New Hampshire. Thank you. Uh, will you suspend polarizing talk of election fraud during your run for president? Uh, will I suspend, excuse me, what? Will you suspend polarizing talk of election fraud during your run for president? Yeah, unless I see election fraud. If I see election <laughs> fraud, I think I have an obligation to say it. And you know what we went through uh, a short while ago has really put our country in a big problem. Uh, I hope to do that. I hope we're going to have very honest elections. Uh, we should have voter ID. We should have one-day elections. We should have paper ballots instead of these mail-in votes. But uh, the answer is yes, and I hope that it's going to be very straight up, because if it's going to be straight up, we're going to win the election. So you Thank will you. suspend talk to his question about the 2020 election on the campaign well, trail? I guess uh, we're going to just win. We're at a point now. We're getting so close. Let's just win it again and straighten out our country. So I, I remember they did the exact same thing in 2016. In 2016, they said to him, will you stand by whatever the results are? It was him against Hillary. And he said, 
I don't know. Depends. Let's wait and see. And they were shocked and they had a total meltdown. How could he do this? He's questioning our democracy. And then who ended up questioning the election results? Hillary. Hillary ended up accusing, saying that there was Russian interference and questioning whether that Trump was elected fairly. So they're doing the same thing, trying to bring out this shocking soundbite. Oh, Trump says that he may not abide by the results of the election. He's going to cause, bring down the democracy. Democracy worked. The system worked perfectly because Trump did question the election. January 6th did happen. And guess what? Biden is president. Trump is out of the White House. Biden is, Biden's in the White House. There was no coup. Okay. They talk about attempted coup. So this whole notion that Trump's not allowed to question the results of the election, he's like, it's my obligation, guys. That's what the Constitution says. Final clip and then a couple more points. He voted for you in 2020. What's your question for the president, Wayne? Thank you for coming, Mr. President. Thank you, Wayne. My, my, pres- my question to you is, will you pardon the January 6th rioters who were convicted of federal offenses? I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can't say for every single one, because a couple of them, probably they got out of control. But, you know, when you look at Antifa, what they've done to Portland, and if uh, you look at Antifa, look at what they've done to Minneapolis and uh, so many other, so many other places. Look at what they did to Seattle and BLM, BLM. Many people were killed. These people, I'm not trying to justify anything, but you have two standards of justice in this country. And what they've done, and I I love that question, because what they've done to so many people is nothing, nothing. And then what they've done to these people, they've persecuted these people. And, yeah, my my answer is I am most likely, if I get in, I will most likely, I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a great answer there. And I just want to mention a couple of other points here. They asked him about abortion. She, again, tried to trap Trump. She said, would you pass a federal ban on abortion? And Trump said, listen, we'll discuss it. I have to wait and see. And she said, well, Roe v. Wade was overturned, so will you federally ban abortion? She kept trying to push him and get him to commit. And he kept saying, listen, I'm not committing. It's a conversation that we need to have. But here's the the incredible part of it is she said, well— uh, after how many weeks? And he said, I don't know. I'm not saying how many weeks. Six weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks. And he kept just saying, listen, I don't have an answer. She kept trying to nail him down. He doesn't have to have an answer. He doesn't have to say, listen, I'm going to ban abortion after X amount of weeks. He's allowed to say, I, I believe I'm pro-life. I believe that abortion should be illegal. But at the same time, I know that it's an unpopular opinion. So maybe that won't pass. So we have to adjust. He's allowed to say that. But here's the and she kept pushing again and again. By the way, I read, you know, in this New York Post, which is pretty, pretty, pretty pro-Trump. And even their version, they wrote, CNN moderator Caitlin Collins pushed Trump several times on the issue, offering him an opportunity to say what kind of federal abortion bill he would support. An opportunity. Yeah, she wasn't trying to offer an opportunity. She was trying to trap him. But either way, what's amazing is she kept trying to get him to nail down a, a, a commitment and an exact date of after X amount of weeks. And he said, not going to do it. But remember with Obama, Obama said, it's above my pay grade. They asked Obama, when does life start? You know, when does when does human life start? And he said, it's above my pay grade. Okay, and everybody was satisfied with that. And they kept playing the soundbite. And they were, you know, tr- Obama was a hero. And yet Trump, they're forcing him to give an answer. It's it's totally h- egregious, disgraceful. But here's what, what the thing. Trump actually flipped the argument. He flipped the argument. He kept saying, we're not the radicals here. Banning abortion. He said, you know who the radicals are? The radicals are the governor, former governor of Virginia, Northern, North, Northam, who said, oh, you know what? First, the baby is going to be born. Then we're going to put the baby in a room. And then the parents are going to decide whether or not to execute the baby. That's literally, he didn't use the word execute, but that's literally what he said. We're going to basically smother the baby. And the, he said, these people, they ripped the baby out of the womb seven months, eight months, nine months uh, into the pregnancy. The baby's totally viable. They're the radicals. We're not the radicals. So he flipped the whole argument and good for him. Uh, what other... Um, yeah, again, like I said, January 6th, he, you know, he kept 
debunking all the false myths about January 6th, claiming that he didn't ask for peace, peaceful protests, which he did, claiming he didn't ask for the National Guard, which he did. And, uh, you know, last point I wanted to make on the debt ceiling debate I mentioned earlier that, you know, he she 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 caught him where he said, you know, I think that we should default. And she said, well, you were president. You said it shouldn't be a negotiating uh, chip. And he's like, well, that was when I was president. Now I'm not president anymore. The beauty of that was that she was just totally stumped. She was speechless. She had nothing. What are you going to say? Like, it's like he broke the rules, right? Every politician at that point would hem and haw and dodge the question. And Trump's like, yeah, well, I was president then, so I had one opinion. Now I'm not the president anymore, which you can agree or disagree with that take. But that's not the point. The point is he tells it like it is. It reminded me in the, in the debate um, against Hillary back in 2016, one of the debates, you know, Trump talked about his Syria policy. And one of the, the moderators says, oh, well, that uh, that's not what Mike Pence said. Mike Pence, your running mate, he actually has a different policy about about Syria. So how can you disagree with Mike Pence? And Trump is like, listen, I like Mike Pence. He's a great guy. He's totally wrong on this issue. And the moderators were shocked. They were flabbergasted. Like, hamana, hamana, you can't do that. Like, he breaks the rules. Politicians, like, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to disagree with your running mate. Trump breaks all the rules. He tells it like it is. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. And he, it's so unexpected. It's like he stabbed these 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 moderators with a dagger because, like, he actually gives the answer that they have they have no response. There There is no... There is no rebuttal to to his answers because he's willing to be so honest, even when it's not the popular thing to say. All right, that's going to do it. That's been your recap and analysis of this amazing, amazing town hall. And we were we will see you next time.